I see people joining. Thank you, thank you. Curtis is here. What is up? Is Curtis going to join via video this time? Nobody knows. And, Hello, guys. Uh, what's up? Hi, Keith. How's Keith it going, is everybody? Good. Um, as more people join, I may uh, opt to mute everyone. This is going to try to be a new. We're still trying to figure out this format. Um, we probably. Hey, Cat is here. We should probably. We should probably go to um, a webinar format in the future. We're just trying to figure it all out. Um, I think ideally the best thing to do is to have people raise a hand and chat and then we unmute you one at a time, but uh, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Let's see who else is here and if anyone needs to get let in. I see some very nice shirts. Matt Markle is here, Danielle, Seth, Joaquin, David, Culver, my good pal Amanda. Some people are here. Dan. Oh, 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 oh. What is up? What is up? I don't see Matt, of course, fashionably late. Matt Bacon, of course you are. So, yeah, don't, forgive me if I mute some of you guys just in the meantime, and then we're going to have people raise a paw. I'm going to try to also. Matt's trying to be let in, it looks like. Okay. I don't see him. Oh, he, he says he's in. All right. Maybe he's got a secret identity I don't know about. I don't know. I'm just I'm just reading the message he's sending right now. Hold on. All right. Uh, maybe I'll <clears> tell him. I hope everybody's me. having a swell day. And uh, I am uh, busy working. And uh, but yeah, that's about the size of it. How are you today, Curtis? I'm doing not too bad. I'm trying to figure out why I can't get this fucking camera to work right now. That's why I'm silent. I'm trying to see what I'm doing wrong in my settings. But other than that, I'm doing not bad. My good friend Ken Pierce is here from Piercing Metal. Everybody go follow Piercing Metal. Um, Matt is here. Is Matt here? Lord. Is Matt here? We'll give it a few more minutes to see if anyone else joins. What's up, Ken? Uh, again, I have everyone on mute. Matt is in the chat. Does anyone see him? This is particularly amusing. You know, the technology only is as good as it is uh, when it works, you know? Matt's here. Yeah, I can see him. He's got a cigar in his mouth. Does he now? Mm -hmm. He's muted, I think. He shouldn't be, but I'll check. 
No, well, maybe not. from the master. Hear me now? Hey, no. there he is. Okay. It's very strange. Okay, that's fine. Keith, I like your, or Ken, I like your beard. You look very nice. I know, we're getting to see like all our friends we don't get to see anymore because of this crazy... Because it's the end of the world. The end of the world. It's the end of the world. Anyway. Um, so, uh, let's... Um, you know, so people will obviously join uh, as we kind of progress. I'm pretty happy with the turnout here. Uh, if you guys just want to start by asking questions, um, you know... Matthew, I have everybody muted. And oh, I great. went through a whole spiel before you got here, which is... We're going to try to do it webinar style where okay. people raise their hand in the chat function or wave maybe on video and try to get our attention and we'll plug them in one at a time to ask questions rather than have everybody talk over each other like the last time. Cool. Duncan is here. Lovely and handsome Duncan Evans. myself. There you go. Sorry to call attention to everybody. I'm just so excited to just see other human beings that I'm not used to seeing anymore that uh, I'm just giddy with excitement. So just give me one second. I'm trying to open a second window here at the HQ and um, so I can observe people who want to ask questions. Again, I think this is a more egalitarian way to go. Yeah, that sounds and, fair. Uh, go ahead, Matthew. I'm sure you want to- And, and if you have questions while we're setting up, feel free to drop them in the chat box too. Um, I'm going to post an Instagram story of this right now. You do that. Um, so, uh, uh, tell me when you're ready to get kick, kicked off. And again, if you guys have any questions you want to start off with, just drop them in the chat box, which is, I'm little. just opening the chat here. Hey, look, it's me. And, uh, y'all. Anything in particular you want to start talking about before um, we take questions? No, you know, I, th I think uh, I, I want to kind of see where everyone wants it to go. I think last time taking questions went really well. I think we should do that again this time, you know? Um, so, yeah, does anyone want to start with can – we, can we start with the first question, Keith? We don't have one yet that I know of. Um, okay. Anyone who has a first question, gesture in some way. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, like I literally have to, like, let people in one – I mean – so while Keith is handling that, does anyone have a first question or should I just start talking about something? Just start okay. talking about something. Duncan, go. Sorry, I didn't know whether I should unmute myself. Um, could you just remind us of the title of this particular chat? I know it sounds ridiculous, but once, once I remember what the title is, I'll have a question, but I'm doing so many things, I've forgotten what the... I mean, there, there's no particular title. However, I, it does tie into our upcoming uh, content marketing challenge, which has a quarantine focus. So our content quarantine marketing challenge, cool. <laughs> quarantine content marketing challenge, whatever. Um, so it is focused on that. Uh, Ken, you had a question? No? Okay, I'm sorry. Um, point being, what we'll talk about. Um, oh. Yeah, should I just get going? Okay, cool. Yeah, so, we do have a question here from. Okay. Uh, okay. okay. I'll let some people ask questions. Hold on one second. Um, so some technical issues. Okay. Hey, Metal Candy, ask your question, please. Hit us. Hear me? Yeah. Okay, so um, I recently came across uh, contacts. Like one was a book from a musician's union that I, I used to be in. And then another one was like a long email list of contacts. And um, I think it, um, I'm, gonna, I, I'm just trying to figure out what's the best way to 
approach those contacts and say, and that well, that's basically it. I don't know how to approach them and say what to say uh, regarding my current situation. I know they're, I'm sure they're aware of it, but just the point is, is to like reestablish these contacts and let them know I'm still uh, a working musician and I hope they are. And how can we connect, reconnect and work together and, you know, maybe get something out of it. Is this people you've been engaged with in the past or, or is it like mostly new people? I honestly couldn't tell you. I don't know. I mean, some of them I'm sure I still talk to other one, other ones. I, I don't know. I don't really, I honestly don't even know how I, I mean, I, I, this contact list just like when I was, you know, cause I used to manage the bands that I used to be in. So I throw emails out constantly and right. I right. somehow gain, gain this list of contacts. Sure. Um, I, but I just, you know, not having managed bands in a long time, I'm still in bands, but I don't manage them anymore. I just, I just, I just play. So I just don't know how active they are. Yeah. So that's a good question. Thanks. I, I, you know, if it's people you've been in touch with in some form or another, I would probably start by emailing the people you already kind of know or whose work you're still familiar with. And then going from there, I've been doing that a lot lately. I've literally been like emailing like dudes I sat next to at a dinner one time and been like, Hey, hope you're doing okay. Cause like people are looking for like conversations. People are anxious and need like, people to connect with right now. And so this is a better time to connect than ever before. And similarly, if it's someone, maybe you don't know them, but like it was a label you wanted to sign to one time, or it was someone you think is cool. Um, you know, you can just write an email and be like, Hey, uh, I think your label is cool. Are you doing okay? You know, like I've literally been doing that at least once a day, every day for the last seven weeks. And I've like been making friends with a couple people who I had never really known before, who are maybe who I'd been orbiting. And now it's like, Oh, quarantine is finally the time where I can be like, I'm going to email Eisenwald productions and be like, hi, I like black metal too. Let's be friends. Um, I don't know. And it's been working. Uh, Curtis, what are your thoughts? I agree 100%. I mean, it depends on, I mean, again, if you don't really know who the contacts are, it's kind of hard to say, like if it's a cold contact, you're going to go in a little bit different than a warm contact. So you might want to maybe see if you can jog your memory a little bit on each one before you email them. Um, what I like to do is I like, to, before I send an email to anyone when I'm doing something like that, is kind of like see if I can kind of stalk them a little bit to jog my memory. And then that gives me something to actually talk to them about versus just doing a, a cold, cold, cold email. Uh, but again, it depends upon the circumstances. If you can find out some information about who the person is, that type of thing, it's better to go in there with some form of reality than going in there totally blind, deaf, and dumb, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, I don't know, like, if there's some sort of, like, uh, spam filter of, like, if I were to, I mean, because I'm talking probably, like, over 100 contacts, and to do them one at a time would be consuming, which I'm not complaining, but I'm just wondering. Well, you're probably going to have to do it one at a time unless you do want to get hit by the spam filter, because most of them are probably going to uh, see it as spam. I mean, I'll get uh, me and Matt and probably Keithy, too. I don't know if Keithy does, but I know we both get hit by spam filters a fair amount when be just because of the volume of email that we send. But there's not a lot you can really do about that. So... I would suggest doing it one by one by one. It's a pain in the ass, but if you want to get actual results, you're better off doing that. 
Yeah. Uh, Duncan uh, just said that too. It's uh, Keith, you had something to say? Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah. Uh, did my spam filter block out Curtis yesterday? Who's it did, one of my yeah. Well, it best did friends in the ago, business. I found out. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I just want to say to, to Metal Candy's uh, point, not only do you not want to get hit by spam filters, but I think Matthew is a huge proponent of this. You want the personal touch here. I know it's time consuming, but you want to. <sighs> Am I boring yeah. you, Matthew? You want to. <laughs> you want to have the personal touch here. You want, a, you want a one-to-one experience. You're making relationships, and a form email is going to turn people off. Yeah. Like one thing I always tell people, you know, like let's say you're a fairly successful underground band and you sold 400 LPs via your band camp. Like that's not a lot of people. Like you should a hundred percent send all 400 of those people a personal email. Yeah. Like, like, like that's a pretty re- like you can knock out like 50 a day and like have that not be crazy. Well, even you know, if you're just, only doing 10 a day, it's, it still adds up and it's worth Yeah, because it's just, and it's just so ridiculous. Like the feed, the feedback you get, you know, even if the only information you have on that person is their name and you just said, Hey, Duncan, thanks for buying my record. It means the world. I'm fucking hail Satan and stuff. Like it would, it just kills. There's a reason I try to do video replies on like every DM that I get from a stranger, you know, because I just want to keep engaging, engaging, engaging and show them how much I care. Um, uh, Joaquin had a, actually, this is a good question um, from Joaquin. Um, does anyone have any dates currently set up that they're expecting to play? Just, just, I'm trying to unmute Joaquin, but it's not letting me. Oh. But if you want to speak, pal, go ahead. <clears throat> uh, just to clarify on my question, I, I personally, my, my group has not set up any dates and we have nothing. Um, as long uh, as far as live performances, but I've seen up here in Texas and dates like in Europe for October, November, and and then like all the festivals, of course, like uh, at least the major ones, not until next year sometime. But um, curious because uh, I'm seeing some things, uh, smaller musicians setting up stuff like in the next month or two here in Texas, uh, and I just kind of curious what uh what's going on in everyone else's scenes and, and stuff like that so um i bought a friend email said to bring a friend so there he is Martin, everyone that's it i'm actually curious yeah for if, if anyone can drop that in the comments if they're if they've got a show coming up or something i'd be curious if anyone does i mean oh you do dave that's awesome when is it uh, can you tell us when it's for um, yeah, me and Dan are running, uh, Dan Maroney, we run a night called Civil War London. Yeah, and, of course. Um, and we're meant to have a show in one month's time, but it's impossible to know whether the bars and the small bars and venues are going to be open in a month. So it's, yeah. it's hard to promote, honestly. So we'll probably have to kick it down the line, but that's where we are with that one. Alas, that sucks. Yep. I've just knocked it off. There we go. Um. Cool. Any, any, uh, what, ne- next question, more questions from anyone. Just, uh, drop it in the chat or raise your hand digitally somehow. Um, otherwise, um, I will jump in and say that, uh, I know, uh, here in New York city, I, I sincerely think nothing is happening until this, until the end of the summer. I think it's that grim. Uh, we're in a very hot zone in the country. It, the epicenter of the uh, the pandemic is here in New York City. 
while Matt is hiding out at his parents in the country. And, uh, you know, like I said, I went out the other night and people are not practicing social distancing and not masking up and our cases are going up and up and up. So I feel like the New York City scene is going to be a ghost town. Uh, maybe we'll slowly get back during the summer. But if Psycho Las Vegas is canceled, then that is mostly outdoors. And obviously all of Vegas is shut down, right? But that's an indicator that even an outdoor festival is probably not going to happen. So forget about clubs and, you know, bigger theaters and tours. I don't think so. That's uh, fair. Dave, you had a question? Just unmuting myself. Sure. Um, what, what occurs to me is that there might be a window where actually lower level venues and bands, um, you know, on the scene actually get a window of real opportunity where yeah. the, the big venues and arenas are not going to be open for a while. But the small bars and venues, they might be tied into the reopening. So if they're the only gigs that people can go to, it might be good for bands like ours. Just it's a thought. Yeah, that's something I, I, that's something I think might happen. Um, what I want to point out, and I actually want to do a podcast about this, but the guys made fun of me. Um, the Taiwanese baseball stadiums, um, which are about 20,000 cap, are starting to have... Um, they're letting a thousand people in starting this week and they've had no cases for like a week or two now. And, it, and, and it's only a thousand people out of a 20,000 cap. And then there's probably like a few hundred extra staff there. So I don't know, like that being said, I do think the UK and the U S will be significantly less cautious than Taiwan. <laughs> um, um, I have a question for Dave. Yeah. Um, do you have any tips on how to get a bigger erection? <laughs> do I? <laughs> do you have any tips on how to get a bigger erection? I don't know if I'm hearing you properly. <laughs> how yeah, to you get heard a bigger right. erection. Uh, I feel like Dave is shorts? compensating for something. I see. I can only get in my window here. I only see my chest and face. I don't know that you're looking at my dick. My bad. The point yeah. being... Are you wearing pants, Dave? Yes. Shorts. Okay. Thank you. Shout out. Um, Dave, you look like a snack. Um, the point being, um, online festival, da, 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 um, yeah, so I don't know. You know, I do think we're probably going to see club shows that are limited to like 50 people happen a lot sooner too. Um, you know, like it'll be like a third cap or whatever. That being said, who knows? What do you think, Keith? I know you know a lot about this. Um, yeah, I think it's possible. I was, you know, we, we interviewed, uh, Chris from revolver and spotlights and he's very plugged into the St. Vitus guys. Cause that's his immediate closest friends. And he's doing the age of quarantine vlog and podcast with those guys. So, I mean, obviously if they could open up, they would, um, you know, along a long enough timeline, the, there's, there's rent, there's, you know, there's no overhead because there's nothing going on. Booze doesn't really go bad, but the electric bill, the rent, other things that you have to keep turned on, you know, what is the lifespan of some of these clubs? We're already seeing uh, my beloved great Scott in Boston is probably not coming back. I know there's kind of an action on right now to try to get some money into their hands, but actually what it is is the landlord doesn't want to renew their lease. So there's probably nothing they can do. They want to come back. They can't. They're not being allowed to. So 
and that place has been around, I don't know, 50 years and has, I've seen like, you know, when I lived in Boston for 10 years, I don't know, I saw like two, three shows a week there. So some show, some places are just, you know, Slims in San Francisco. Some places are just going to not come back after this. Slims in San Francisco sucks. Just totally. <laughs> sucks that they're closing or they suck? They suck in general. <laughs> well, I went there and it didn't suck. So, you know, that's your um, opinion. And you're anyway. entitled to it. Change my mind. So, point being, um, that being said, uh, Dun- uh, can we unmute Duncan? He had a question. Or Duncan, unmute yourself. Yeah, you guys can, uh, when we call on you, you can unmute yourself. It just takes me a second to have it go through. Yeah, same question I've just put in the box. Uh, so um, I just wondered about this thing about driving shows, um, which I've heard about. It's probably going to be a lot easier in the USA than over here in the UK because you guys have got old um, driving movie theatres. I wondered if there's been any news on progress with that and if that's something that at least you guys in the US could look to promoting and potentially we could get the same idea going over here and in other places. So I don't know. Um... I think, I mean... How many many drive-in theaters is there really in the U.S.? Like, here in Canada, there's a few in Ontario, but, I mean, like, I think there's, like, maybe 15 total in the entire country. I don't know how it is there, so I don't think it's going to take off here, at least, but maybe the United States? Yeah, I think that's probably realistic. I also think... um, uh, yeah, I think that's probably realistic. I think, I mean, ultimately the issue with a lot of these things is bathrooms. You know, yeah. like you can space as much as you want, but if you're all using the same bathroom, germs are just going to inter- intersect there. That being said, like I do have a friend looking at buying a, uh, looking at buying a movie theater or a drive-in theater and who was considering hosting shows there. So I think it might happen. I just think... I don't know. I'd be curious to see how people solve the bathroom issue. That's all. Good point. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks, Duncan. Duncan is remuted. Okay. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So a lot of you guys have drive-ins. Yeah. And that makes sense to me. I think, you know, I think they are a part they're like a crumbling part of the American infrastructure. I just don't know how realistic they're going to be for everyone. Um, Can I pose a question? I want to pose a question. Uh, I know Kat is here. Kat, what's your take over in the West Coast? Do you think we're going to, what's that look like? Yeah, well, out here, I haven't really heard much about people trying to do drive-in shows. I saw a couple of people talking about it, but I don't really know any locations. Uh, around here. There are some places that I could possibly see it happening, but I don't know if anything's in the works. Um, we're still trying to figure out doing something on, uh, online right now. So, you know. Yeah. Um, I would imagine a drive-in in LA would be like a special type of hellhole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And there's not a lot of like land space like in LA proper. That would have to be someplace out in like the Inland Empire, or maybe up in Santa Clarita or something. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Um, point being, um, 
I thought, I think there was another question there before uh, we were interrupted. Um, I'm also trying to message people and get people who were on it back in. Um, I want to say something maybe while we were waiting for a question, which is just that uh, what one thing I wanted to just say about Ontario is that we don't have any shows until at least uh, September. So Canada's pretty much out for shows if you're planning on doing shows here. Um, I don't think I interjected that before we got kicked off. Yeah, that's also, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be tricky. I think it's going to be state by state and stuff, you know, like I also yeah. don't see Missouri being open that long. <laughs> I mean, here, here's one thing is, I mean, if it goes state by state, one just as a, just as a thought is I think there could be a lot more regional type shows going on possibly versus I don't think see anybody possibly doing like a cross country tour for the next little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think you're, I think you're probably, I think you are probably correct. Um, so yeah. Uh, okay. Good question from Duncan. What's, uh, do you want to, uh, Duncan, do you want to unmute so you can ask? Yeah. I'll take the question when he's done. Yes. Do it. Yes. I've just said, what's the situation with album releases? Um, does it seem totally normal or is there still delay either because of manufacturing issues or maybe actually bands and labels themselves delaying because there's no tours to promote the thing? So I just wondered what you guys thought about that. Okay. Uh, there's been some releases or some, some releases that have been delayed primarily in Italy that I've seen. Uh, as a whole, I haven't seen a ton of stuff being released. Um, other, sorry, released, uh, set back other than, uh, I believed Enslaved did. Uh, I think Ward Runa did too. Uh, somebody else did as well. I can't remember, but like, I mean, there's still some heavy hitters still releasing like Nightwish just released, uh, Black Dahlia Murder just released. I mean, it, you know, they're, they're basically got their tour plans on hold right now, but at the same time, it doesn't really seem that too, too many people, except for some biggies, are planning on holding their releases back. And it seems to be only if it's dependent upon a tour, from my observation. Um, but that being said, I have heard that there has been some delays with final releases. Um, so, I mean, yes and no, to answer your question. If, if you're planning on releasing something, uh, for anybody that's planning on releasing something, I would not wait until the fall if you're an independent band because what's going to happen is that, like every year, there's going to be a zillion releases that come out at the end of the year and you're going to get lost in the shuffle. So the best strategy to release is always going to be the spring, summertime because there's more ability to get attention for it, no matter if it's COVID going around or anything like that. So that's my spiel on that if either one of you guys have anything to add to it yeah um i think what i've seen with the bigger bands is it sort of it depends where they are in the process right because at a certain point you just have so much momentum right like especially for like black dahlia murder where it's like everything has been pressed and printed yada 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 right so for um you know for them by the time it happened it was like well we've got to go through with this Whereas someone like Enslaved, where it was like, oh, we haven't even put out the first single, they're a little more able to be like, ah, okay, we're delaying. And you know what I mean? Totally. Uh, that was an amazing screech, Matt. You are our news junkie, Keith. What do you think? Keith is silent. Keith is silent. Okay, all good. Uh, while <laughs> Keith figures out his silence. Um, 
Yeah. Well, who, uh, Amanda, did you have a question or am I picking on you or am I? Yeah. Um, going back to the drive-in shows and all of that, let's say those work out um, and people start coming. How are we going to measure attendance in general? Like, are people going to go just because there's something going on or they actually like you or it's just going to be very interesting coming back to that, especially in the beginning. So I just was wondering your thoughts on that. Um, Keith, are you still muted? Uh, you, I, like I unmuted myself. We good. Uh, good call, Amanda. And again, your background is epic. Thank you. Um, so this is a major thing. Uh, interestingly enough, for a parallel, I like to make parallels between the music industry and the film industry because they're not apples to apples, but they do do some things similarly. And so the entire film industry has stopped reporting weekly numbers. Some independent film companies and theaters are still having movies somehow, somewhere, some way, but mostly not. And they stopped reporting altogether, which for them is like, that's never happened before. Even 9-11, they were reporting movie numbers. So um, it is interesting. Uh, we, we did postulate on this uh, on a Dumb and Dumbest podcast, Matthew and I. I was like, you know, there's cool things you can do. So you can have the band play live and you can have, you t just like a parking lot, you, t you check people in at the parking lot with a barcode or a, you know, no touch, you know, scan them or no touch or cell phone check-in, like Eventbrite could totally facilitate this stuff uh, as well as Ticketfly. So, I, you know, those are some of the major uh, ticketing brokers, so who are not Live Nation and Ticketmaster. Um, you know, I, like I said, we said right before this, I don't know that drive-ins are practical in major, major cities, but definitely in the rural places. Trapped, for example, could definitely <laughs> tour and sell out those drive-in theaters in Missouri and Mississippi and Alabama. Shout out to Trapped. The Where everything is legal in Alabama. The official band of this podcast. It is um, not the official band of this podcast. The only thing official in this podcast is Liquid Death Mountain Springwater. Get your uh, ten percent off with your code Ghost Cult. Anyway, so yeah, I don't know. I think it's interesting. We'll have to see where it goes and how it develops. Um, I've seen that a lot of them are happening in Denmark, which is random, but. Well, Scandinavia, they're wide open. They have more outside of the big cities. There are more wide open spaces. Matthew's been there, right? You've traveled the world. I haven't been out much, but like they have more wide open spaces and they're just in general. Although I heard today that Sweden is now suddenly spiking for all their shit talk and all the uh, conservatives who like to Sweden, 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 they're re they never close. We should reopen. But uh, the reality is uh, that uh, they're, they just had a spike in the last day that is horrifying like 3,000 people. I think two points too. First of all, um, the people with the most wide open spaces are the Dixie Chicks, Keith. Um, uh -huh. but, beyond that, but beyond that, um, Scandinavia is also like very technologically advanced um, in terms of like Western countries, in my experience. And I also think that... Um, I, you know, and, and, and they've, they've been a little, they, they've been easier to adapt because like when I just look at like the, like I work with indie, um, indie recordings, which is a label out there. And like, when I look at the resources, they just suddenly got within a month for like live stream shows, it was insanity. Um, 
you know, so I think they're, they were just more equipped for this before it even started. Um, yeah. Uh, there's a really, uh, Daniel, do you want to ask your question? Uh, you gotta, yeah. Okay. Yeah. If, if your band doesn't fit in an acoustic environment, what do you stream for your audience these days? Alternative very, things to, to, to stream. That's a very good question. Keith, you've been watching a lot of live streams. I feel like you would know this best. I have been. You know who I got a shout out is my man, Sergio Vega from, from uh, Quicksand and Deftones. Uh, Sergio does a nightly live stream of those who are New York City Denzians know that Sergio is a club DJ. So he's doing like DJ sets off his laptop software for people to whatever, get down, dance, etc. And then he games. So he'll leave the music playing and he'll turn around to his gaming chair and he'll do like Final Fantasy or, you know, whatever. Uh, Animal Crossing, whatever the fuck it is the kids are playing these days. And uh, yeah, man. Um, I think you find ways to engage your, your fan base. And uh, you know, if you can't play music, if you got an, uh, an electronic project or something that you can't do an unplugged set, find another way. Read your lyrics as poetry. Have a Q&A with your fans. Talk about what, the, you wanna, what they want to hear from you next. I think there's all kinds of ways you can do this. Um, yeah, basically. How's that? I think we, did we lose Matt for a second. I guess we lost Matt. It would appear we lost Matt, but uh, I think we had a couple more questions. Matt has Matt has the bladder of like a five year old child. So anyway, uh, I guess I'm here. Let me take a peek at the chat and make sure. I do have the bladder of a five year old child. You um, do, man. It's embarrassing. <laughs> what can you do? Um, Love you though. Uh, okay, you're peeking at the chat. Uh, Duncan, you had a really good question about, um, Duncan was asking about some of the do's and don'ts um, in terms of live streams, which ties in nicely to Daniel's question. Uh, Curtis, what are your thoughts on this? The do's and don'ts of live streaming? Well, like, do you mean, like, are you talking about just, like, performance-wise, like, for, mu like, music, or are you talking about, like, the type of chat type things that you're doing? No, I was talking about music, really, in this case. So, so what I meant was, so, okay, so I did my first one on Sunday, and I took some advice from somebody who had done a few, and I ended up, I've still got his advice. I didn't end up actually taking most of it because I just didn't end up having time. But things like I was flipped around the wrong way. I looked like I was left-handed. And, and there actually is on Facebook, there's a little toolkit button at the bottom so you can reflip yourself so you're not in a mirror image so that the people seeing you actually see how you would look on stage rather than the wrong way around. And they can read the band shirt if, it, if you've got a band shirt on rather than it being backwards and I didn't know I just thought if anybody else had any little things like that if you've done one or you've heard anything about how to sort of make sure you know tips for making the sound good if you're just using your phone um, anything like that really okay well I'm not an expert on that I'm going to defer that one over to Keefe because Keefe probably knows better than that me on that one I'm not an expert on this but I attended uh, Duncan's session and he was magnificent and I mean that sincerely magnificent um i don't even like elvis as matt bacon knows and there was a song about elvis that i found uh almost brought me to tears it was so beautiful uh and that's elvis who i dislike but um thanks man thank you i guess i'm un-american uh but anyway um 
Yeah, there's there's uh, probably some best practices uh, we're going to try to delve in. Um, for those who are in our current music marketing challenge, I taught a lesson today on Twitch. I have a Twitch account. Ghost Cult has a Twitch account, but I haven't really streamed on Twitch yet. Uh, it's something I'm experimenting with, and I want to get rock solid before I do this. Here's a good thing. Um, I did attend another live stream the other night that was also fraught with some technical problems, and they had spent time practicing. They did like a dry run test a night before, and the night before, everything worked beautifully. And then the next day, one out of the three artists who performed, they just there was just so much of a lag and so many volume problems that they just, I think what ultimately happened as a backup is that person recorded their session and just uploaded it live while like played it live off their laptop while everyone watched his feed i know that's not beautifully you know exact and and everybody here that's an artist is probably very sensitive about their presentation as would i be when i was one so you know practice do a dry run script out not necessarily what you want to say but if you're going to play a set of songs practice your set list like you would for any other show maintain maybe some show rituals that you normally would take into a performance with you and do them just like you normally would it probably be a really good mental you know help your mental acuity for the performance um if you're an anxiety ridden mess like i am <laughs> yeah no that's great keepy the other thing I would suggest, and this worked when I did all the live streams at Prophecy Fest uh, last year, um, what I found really, really useful were, uh, with them was um, using a third-party software, you know, rather than using sort of the native stuff, although Facebook's native uh, live studio thing has gotten a lot better. I think if you're trying to do something a little fancier and a little higher, little higher production value, it would make a lot of sense to um, to use one of the third-party softwares and just use some Googling and find one that makes the most sense for you. So you can use an external camera and stuff. Really sorry to interrupt, Matt. Can I just come in on that? A, a friend of mine, I haven't tried this, but a friend of mine said he tried a few of them, and I believe it was three letters. I'm just looking now. I think it was OBS. Uh, yeah, here we go. I've got it now. I used a software called OBS as was a bit more stable, is free to download, does add some faff to the process, but it makes the quality better, apparently. OBS, that's what he says. So there we go. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. No worries. Yeah, I use that. You can also upload um, a pre-recorded video so you can mix a live and a pre-recorded stream. That is also very good to know. Thank you. Um, cool. Who has, an, who has another question? I think we've got about 15, 20 minutes left of this. Um, okay, while we wait for the next question, um, I, I just want to point out um, part of the beauty of quarantine is that with kind of having extra free time, it gives you an opportunity to try to create new types of content and experiment with new types of content that maybe you didn't have the time to do before, you know, and I also think it takes 28 days to build a habit. And I think this is a really good time to like start to like build in habits. You didn't think you could have otherwise. Like I've been like studying German pretty hard and like, I never would have done that pre quarantine, but now it's like part of my day that I study German and I call my German speaking buddy and do that every day. Um, you know, and I think for better or for worse, our lives are a lot more regular right now or consistent rather like, and, and boring. Um, but I think if you're going to pick up some sort of, 
new habit you want to make, be a part of it. This is the time to do it. Um, if that makes sense, you know, just sort of my two cents. One of the big things I've taken away from this. Um, what, what have you been learning, Matt? Just out of curiosity. German. I said. I didn't hear that part. I must have missed that. <laughs> this is the respect I get. I I got a good idea. I think I'm going to chime in something here that I was Go. thinking about earlier today. Um, since we're already having an off-the-wall fucking session, uh, and I thank you guys for coming back, and I apologize again about all the bullshit. Um, four or five years ago, I was at a social media conference. I'm going to say it was five years ago in Boston, when I, right before I moved back to New York. And uh, the guy, the kid who founded 4chan was there. And yes, 4chan is garbage. But 4chan is also the forerunner of a lot of the behaviors we see now, like getting your Zoom call bombed by racist assholes, like having people troll you horribly on Discord and Reddit, like getting trolled and dragged on Twitter for no reason or for very good reasons in some cases, like getting doxxed. All these behaviors came from something earlier in social media. So one of the things I know that like when we, you know, when we teach our, our challenges or when we do our music marketing mixer, which is free, everybody can join. Uh, once you answer the questions and you sign up, it's free advice every day of a group of musicians and music industry people helping each other. And I thought about identity. This is what the 4chan kid was talking about identity. And he was saying like, when he was like 10 years old, he spent two full days thinking about his screen name for AOL. For that, you know, for like uh, the very tail end of those discs you used to get with like the 1500 hours of free internet. I wonder if those still work. Now would be a good time to find out. Um, but he thought about his screen name all day because this was a thing. He didn't know you could change it. And he was like, this is who I am forever once I pick this name. And he was 10. So I think about identity. You know, we often, Matt Curtis and I often joke about bands and talk about like, oh, you know, uh, you know, pick your band name wisely. We're going to do a simple Google search and a metal archive search and make sure that 80 other bands don't have your name or that your name is so difficult you can't Google it, or so simplistic it's too easy. But it's the same thing like identity, who you are, how you carry yourself as a brand for your band online really matters. And you are your reputation every day, you know? So be thoughtful about, you know, not just what content you put out there, and everybody in this call is thoughtful about what they put out there, but think about that every day, even though you're you, you're representing what your music means, what your band means to people. And a few of you who are in here are wonderful at doing that already, but if you feel like you're not, then there's room to grow. And I wanted to get Matt and Curtis's thoughts on that rambling, wide-ranging topic. Well, there was a really good comment from Duncan here in the comments um, that a lot of band accounts are now becoming food accounts. You know, the other thing I see is a lot of like band accounts becoming meme accounts. Um, and I think, you know, and, and it's tempting because like my most liked post ever is a, uh, is a mayhem meme. Um, and you know, like, I really like mayhem, like, you know, I, I had a lot of, I was not cool when I was 14. Um, but (laughs) the point being what Keith is saying is really relevant. I think that if you're not. If, if it doesn't make sense as part of your overarching story, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. I just got a book by Russell Brunson called Traffic Secrets. Uh, and Russell Brunson is someone who Curtis and I are, he's a marketing guy. Curtis and I are 
inappropriately into. Um, and Not me so much. Yeah, but you know, you can't be part of our our, our crew then, Keith. Never <laughs> one of us. Um, but the the point being. He talks about how what, what you really should be doing, and there's a really good question from Jay you I want to get to. Um, he was talking about how you should essentially have five core pillars that you know your social media is about. And then every um, every and then everything, every picture or video you save on your phone, you share into a you save into a gallery or an album that ties into those five core pillars. And then you want to make sure all your content ties into that so people have kind of a clear idea. So I'm pulling up my album right now. Right. So for instance, if I can get it, my pillars are like DIY music, you know, um, travel, uh, marketing, self-improvement and, uh, sort of like music history, you know, cause obviously like I'm a nerd for that kind of stuff. And so everything I try to post, I try to make fall into one of those five categories so it sort of makes sense, right? I mean, the Jimmy Buffett stuff, Matt, falls under uh, travel, essentially. Like when I'm, like to this morning, I was like on my flamingo smoking a cigar. Like that's a travel thing. Um, and I think when you kind of realize, when you break it down to like five core things that are just feeding into your overarching message so people can like look at my feed and be like, oh, okay, he's like a band advice guy who goes to cool places and like really cares about house shows he went to when he was 15. Um you know, people can kind of get a clear idea of what I'm trying to do. What do you think, Curtis? Um, I agree. I mean, I'm, I'm, I try to stay in the pillar thing, but I don't always. So I, I'm a little bit of a hypocrite because I'll tell people to do that sure. and I don't always do it. Um, but yeah, I agree that you need to kind of have like a theme or a motif, I guess, for your uh, band account or your personal account. But at the same time, I don't always necessarily think it's a bad thing when bands kind of branch out like with the food thing or the memes if they I mean, if that's what they're doing now, that's what they're doing now. You know what I mean? But I don't think it should be something that they should be totally known for at the same time. Because I mean, like, um, for example, like, if we always talk about document, don't create, right? That's one of your, one of your themes, right? And I think if bands are kind of like showing what they're doing during the quarantine, I think it's okay. But if it's kind of like they kind of make it as their regular thing, that's all they're doing is they're showing off the food they're making or, you know, some sort of painting they're doing or whatever. I don't think that's necessarily correct. But at the same time, I think you can make it work. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. J.U., you had a question. Uh, Keith, can we unmute him? Sure. Yeah, hey. Um, do you hear me? Yeah, we hear you. All right. Um, yeah, my question was how to properly use IG and Facebook ads because there are so many options how to target your audience and how, what time span you um, put out your ads. And I just want to hear some thoughts from you. Are you asking for like a DIY for a DIY band specifically? Yeah, okay, right. Especially for like newcomers and smaller bands. Sure. Keith knows a lot about this. Sure. Um, I think the best thing, the best advice that I was ever given in this is uh, to start small. So you want to start with a small universe, uh, the most relevant things. I know that the first of all, you need a certain a certain amount. Go ahead, Matthew. 
Oh, I just want to point out that's the biggest mistake people make, by the way, because I've been a lot of people's ad, ad accounts every day. And a lot of people are trying to target like 20 million, whereas Keith and I are targeting like 50 to 200,000. Indeed. Um, and, and I'm going to say like, this is very high level. So take this, you know, as you will. Um, when, when social media ads started and the reach for organic was better, you didn't need to have an audience that reached 250 billion people to get your message to them effectively. If anything, that was probably wrong by today's standards. You want to have a finely targeted ad that is broad enough to work at a low cost per click. So you're not spending all your money trying to reach this target audience, but also reaches valuable people who meet are meaningful to you. And I know that that's in this kind of conversation and setting, that's not the best thing ever. Um, but really you do want a small universe. Matt has given great advice about this on both his bacon's bits and on the pod. Um, if you're a black metal band and I'm going to paraphrase you now, Matthew, if you're a black metal band, you don't really want to pick, and you're a cult black metal band and you like very, you know, traditional Norwegian black metal, you don't want to pick Cradle of Filth because you're going to get a lot of normies who just know Cradle of Filth from Hot Topic and Spencer's and Journeys, you know? I like Cradle of Filth quite a bit, but like I wouldn't necessarily equate them with uh, Dark Throne. Um, But if I was, if I had a, if I had a symphonic black metal band, I might pick Cradle of Filth because you are going to get some of those people. Uh, yeah. So it really just depends. I know it's there's a lot of ad options. Go with the simplest ones. Don't ever use Boost Post on Facebook. Don't ever use the Promote tab on Instagram. You want to do a correct back-end ad from Facebook Ad Manager where you can create both Facebook and Instagram ads. Um, and you want to you want to go very simple, not a lot of copy, if none at all, possibly on your graphics, none at all, if ever, if possible, even a show flyer is not recommended for this, a simple graphic album artwork, a band photo, very simple text, very simple, a short headline that's catchy and a story and a, and a trackable link you can, you can follow up on. You know, something meaningful. Don't send people to a page that isn't the most important page for you. If the most important page for you is your Bandcamp, send them there. If the most important page for you is somehow your Facebook, send them there. If you're trying to grow a dedicated following, I'm not against, uh, you know, we rag on a lot of people who buy ads or say, say buy followers. That's not what I'm talking about. You can actually create a meaningful paid account that will drive an audience to your page who want to follow you. That's good. That's a best practice, if anything. People who use fake ad accounts to grow artificial-sized accounts quickly, you're going to get bit in the ass later because all the social networks are curtailing this ability over time. Absolutely. Um, I want to point out, I just want to make, just to make it very simple, okay? Two big mistakes and one big strategy, okay? Big mistake number one is people target too many countries or they target the wrong countries, okay? When you're targeting nationally, okay, or when you're targeting on on a nation level, right, you don't wanna be targeting continents. So for instance, if you're an American band, you know, you might want to target USA and Canada. You don't want to target North America because most of your ad spend is going to go to four villages in Mexico. Similarly, if you're a European band, you know, you want to target 
Western European countries. Because if you target the, you know, the European Union or the European Economic Trade Area, um, you're going to get a lot of clicks from Serbia. And I don't think many of us are selling records in Serbia or Mexico right now. You know what I mean? Um, oh, are you cat? <laughs> cool. She's big in Serbia. <laughs> but but the point but the point being, so that's the big, one big mistake. Second big mistake is people who put in genres instead of bands, right? Because what this is what happens when you put in black metal, right? Is that's when you target. That's when you get Cradle of Filth targeted, or um, you know, or, or something. Yeah. When you're trying to go much more niche. What I recommend if you're trying to niche down is when you're setting up your audience, you want to go by, first of all, obviously you want to be in your country or your country and the couple countries around you, depending on where you're based. Right. Um, and then you want to be, go on interests that are a band like your, like three bands, like your band should be your interest group. And if that, and see how that does. And if it's too broad, what you can make it do is you can say, you have to be a fan of Gorgoroth and dark throne, for instance. And then you get someone who like knows about black metal. Right, because if they're if they're a fan of Gorgoth and Dark Throne, that means they like don't just care about Fenris memes and they don't just care about making fun of Gal, but they're like someone who cares. You know, you're trying to get an educated fan. Um, Seth, you had a question. Can we unmute him, Keith? Sure thing. One second. Go ahead, Seth. Seth, can go, we have you? Going once for Seth. Seth, do we have you? Okay. This mic isn't working. That's fine. I'll just read the question out loud. Okay. And then you guys can answer. So my state, Louisiana, has been hit hard with the virus. Question is, when we are finally able to open the bars and venues, can you give some insight on reassuring agents we are open for business? I have talked to one agent who is reluctant to begin the process of looking at our state to land dates. Keith, you're, you're much more, this is kind of your level. Again, yeah. I mean, you know, I think it, there's going to have to be a lot of um, trust, you know. Uh, I think it's going to be very tentative going. Um, even bands who were able to fill a room in the past, you know, it's a bit of both. Like, there's going to be a, a give and a take, right? Like, we're, are, we're open. Can you bring anyone? I don't know. I don't know. You know, I have no who no one knows. Um, yep. Name bands are going to have a hard time filling up venues, and, you know, it's, it's going to be a lot of uh, testing out the waters for a while. So we're going to have to just go in blind and hope for the best. You know, once I think once you start to see regular areas of society open up a little more and people, I think once people are back to work, as many people who can go into an office and go to work, or once commerce reopens up at a normal, proper way, <laughs> You might see little, you know, I know the music industry, uh, like, is the lifeblood of New Orleans and the rest of Louisiana. I would hope all those little clubs and dives and bars and music spots can reopen. You know, we need American cities like New Orleans to come back. It's literally the DNA of American history. And music has to happen there or we don't have a society as far as I'm concerned. So sorry to get all serious. Yeah. I'm trying not to cry. I'm trying. I get it. Um, can you unmute Matt Markle? I believe he had a question. Sure thing. I'm literally not watching the video anymore. I'm just watching my screen on my phone <laughs> out of paranoia. So thank you, everybody. Well, yeah. Go, go for Matt. Um, my question was kind of around uh, the ads. 
Um, Matt, you have dramatically increased the engagement we get from ads due to all of your advice. Um, if you don't, if you've never heard Matt talk about ads, listen to him. He knows what he's talking about. But anyways, um, even if I analyze the content that is that performs the best, it really seems like no matter how much our fan base grows, the most you're ever going to get is like 20%, 25% maybe when you're looking at your little meter there for engagement. Is that just kind of nigh impossible to get past? Yeah. I mean, like, again, like I said that my biggest post ever was a meme. Um, and I probably had 7,000 followers when that happened. And I got like 1,300 likes. And that was even something that was like, it was like the top post in hashtag black metal for, for a minute. You know what I mean? Um, I think, Curtis, have you seen similar? Yeah, I mean, the thing that, the stuff that seems to get the most engagement is, like, the stuff that's silly and gets shared, right? Like, I mean, here, my, my just, my, this is my own opinion, and this may or may not be directly related to the question, but I think if you ended up doing something silly that went viral, uh, you probably get enough follows that you could cr- increase your engagement. I know, I know, like, on Twitter, when I've had something, for example, uh, take off, like, I had a tweet a few months ago about Black Sabbath covers that was retweeted by Doc Coyle, Trivium, all over the place. I got something like, uh, it was like only 30 more followers out of it. And I think it was, it got like 100,000 impressions. It was some ridiculous number, right? So I, but you're going to get a small increase, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to increase those types of numbers, if that makes sense. I know that what I said was kind of indirectly related, but not totally related, but it's all a big gamble, I guess is what I'm saying. Like what I was doing, if any of you remember the content partnership I was doing with Metal Blade for a while, um, you know, they have 367,000 followers. Even the biggest of those videos would get like 20,000 views. So that's Mm -hmm. like under 10%. And... Um, you know, like the, 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 the first couple of those videos, which kind of did best because it was new, maybe converted like 200 followers per time. And that's 200 followers out of their 367,000. So that's like a fraction of a fraction of a percent, you know, um, we do have to start winding down. I do want to kind of get to all the questions and if anyone has a burning question, they want to get in, uh, let's do that. Um, just to add to that last thing really quick is uh, just, I want to point out is you want to look at quality not quantity necessarily on all your things because something that only gets like a 10% engagement rate for example or 5% might actually get you some sales of your CD versus something that you know like uh, more people click on but they don't actually purchase right so keep that in mind too yeah and this is part of why being a meme page for your band doesn't really work because it's like you know because like again like I posted that mayhem meme that got a ton of likes and that was funny and it was great and it probably got me some followers but it wasn't like like those people maybe some of them were in bands and they like vacant spits but those people aren't like looking for music marketing advice they're looking for more good black metal memes mm-hmm. you know what I mean like you know so and that's which is fun yeah, and it's funny as like a once a week or once a month thing, but if it's not really, you know, it might work maybe a little bit better for someone like Matt Markle, whose band has sort of a tongue-in-cheek aspect, and they do mm-hmm. weird shit, like take showers with dead babies, mm-hmm. um, which is the greatest promo video ever, by the way. <laughs> so, 
you know, I think that's important. Um, Amanda, you had a question. Can, Keith, can we unmute her, please? Sure thing. Hi. Are you actually in space, Amanda? Yes, okay, literally. Cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, if you have, like, a newly formed band right before all this happened, um, besides what Duncan um, answered me, like, just do Zoom meetings and stuff like that, what kind of advice do you have to just keep things going and, like, stay connected and work on things together, I guess. Um, yeah. Uh, so you're not in the same place for the, for a while. Keith, you're probably best for this. Cause you're the only one who was, who's been in a band that wasn't, <laughs> you know, built for harming other people. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. Well, I was in, actually I was in one band that was a hardcore band and I used to jump off the stage with my bass and mosh into people with my headstock. So not. Oh yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, like, like, like that, that, that was the whole point of, of like right. my band rad was like get into fights with crust punks. Your band was called rad. That is rad. Radioactive wow. dumpster dudes. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Also, people from that band that. are now in Waking the Cadaver, and we were all, like, 19. <laughs> oh, that's insane, dude. Okay. Yeah, it's really funny. Like, everyone from that band is guys? now, like, famous. Did you tell me you were in a band with one of the guys from Outer Heaven also? No, but Zach from Outer Heaven. You got beat up by someone in Outer Heaven, didn't you? Yeah, Zach from Outer Heaven picked me up from my mom's house to go see Code Orange, Full of Hell, and Noise and Play a storage unit when I was, like, 18. Didn't you get into a fight? You guys got into a fight, didn't you? Uh, no, but it was definitely, like, an insane show with, like, yeah, like, that show was, like, a weird, like, a bunch of people from that show are now in big bands, except we were, like, kids then. So, um, to answer the question, here's, here's some practical advice that I think still works. Um, I still preach that I, I got into marketing to begin with because of I was in bands. That's what excited me about marketing. I was a guerrilla marketer for bands in the pre-internet age, only had email back then when I started to play out. And so I still think the original tenets of basic advertising, like if, if an advertisement works on Facebook, it should work in person. If a mailing list pop-up works on your website, you should be able to meet somebody in a bar and give them a business card with your email on it. And it's the same. I think these principles still hold true. Even if the mechanisms, the mousetrap doesn't work the same anymore because we're just so digital. I think people are forgetting how to communicate and talk to people. So old school methods of advertising and marketing do work. Anything that works online, ask yourself, would it work in person if I was talking to you? And really value writing, communicating whether it's a blog in a long form like Matt does every day, or if it's being the king of Twitter like Curtis, um, or being a meme god like I am at Ghost Cult, you need to communicate effectively. Write well, not a lot of typos, if not none, and you know, be your best self all the time. And don't fight with trolls and herbs. Yeah, I, I, Practical I think that's fair. You know, I, I also think, I think what Duncan said, if anyone didn't see the comments, uh, he was talking about having band meetings via Zoom to build out the strategy. I think that was really wise um, because that's kind of the best way to do it right now. Um, and I think what I found with these Zoom calls and Zoom calls in general is they, you know, face-to-face -face gives a certain extra level of accountability 
that makes it a little bit more meaningful. You know, it's a lot easier, you know, it's extremely easy to brush off someone via text. It's a little bit harder to brush someone off via phone. It's very hard to, you know, to brush someone off when you're face to face or in a room as such, you know what I mean? So that's a good way to kind of get the troops uh, marching. Can I chime in? Yeah. Um, I, th- I think her, her question, I guess, kind of catered or is, is focused on the band aspect. And I'm wondering, I guess, a question for Amanda. Is it just about your band? Is that all you care about? Or is it like you as an artist, are you trying to promote yourself too? I mean, and I don't mean it in a selfish way, but I think it's important, like, either as individual band members to do your best to move forward and uh this is definitely going to be a test for you as a band if you guys can't get work done during this quarantine i mean when are you gonna how are you gonna make it once the quarantine is lifted um well it's more like just we haven't been doing much before that anyway everyone has their separate lives and like we got really busy and we didn't really get to you know have a lot of meetings and we have songs written, but they're not recorded kind of thing. I was just wondering how we could, you know, be able to work on things. And I'm not really sure how to move forward because most of it fell on me because I didn't really, you know, practice a lot and things like that. But I guess in general, just ways to get people together is what I was aiming at. Um, Group chats. uh, Yeah actual video or just like texting like even facebook group chats i mean constantly communicate like on a daily basis yeah we do but they all have like super busy lives and myself included so we just have to work on that together i think so and and find ways to to relay your music ideas to each other you know yeah really important how how else are you going to write music exactly so yeah well that's the hardest part right and that's why you're seeing like, like, like that's literally why you have so many like people like Scarlord or a Bill Saber and like all these like rappers who clearly came up listening to black metal because like they like black metal too, but they don't want to have to drag along four fucking dipshits so they can go play in Norway, you know, you know, to 30 people. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, Neil Jameson, right? Yeah. That dude has lineups in Europe and America. Shout out to him. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like he, uh, it's hard though. Listen, I mean, I don't play in bands anymore for this exact reason. First of all, my experience with bands was, it was always like a loveless marriage. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm a notorious taskmaster. Ask Matt and Curtis what a dick I am behind the scenes sometimes. So, you know, I'm brutal as a boss. And so, you know, I'm nice to the ghost cult people because there's a lot of them and there's only one of me. But, uh, you know, the dynamic is definitely also a thing. You have to have one person that kind of drives the bus and steers the ship, if you will, for those terrible analogies. But you basically, every band needs a person that pushes the agenda and the momentum forward. And not everybody, you have to have one leader. You always have to have one leader. And every, you know, it's okay if people are okay being followers. Uh, Building a collaborative spirit takes time. Uh, and it's, it is going to be difficult to, to play music. The technology is not quite there yet for us all. You know, I marvel at some of these live streams where the bands are all playing together, 
you know, when you, I, I you know, prob, chances are, except for Matthew, most of us have probably not been on the, on the side stage for a giant outdoor European or American metal festival. There's always a time different delay from when you play music to what people hear in the crowd. That's the same experience as li- like trying to communicate over live stream with people. Um, so my sympathies to all of you and all of us. And uh, hopefully by the next pandemic, we'll get the technology there. There you go. Um, Patrick, did you have a final question? If we can unmute Patrick. I could. Guys. I did. Hey, Patrick. Hi. So um, yesterday I was talking to uh, a business associate of mine who's very successful. And I go, how are you doing with everything? You know, your business. He's not doing anything with his business. And he says, he says, you know what, Pat? He says, there's an old saying. When you can't make money, it's time to build your community and build your relationships in the community and show your value to that community. And I was floored because here's someone that's not even in the music business. They're not doing um, the community building challenge. And that just really hit home with me. And I was like, son of a bitch, these guys got it right. And that's exactly, and it was pretty much, um, it pretty much backed that I knew that I was doing the right thing by being in these challenges. And he went on further. He says, what can you do for free to help your community right now? And that's what you need to be doing. And so it really wasn't a question, but, and if I could chime in on what Amanda said, um, I mean, we were floored. Our tour got canceled. You know, we were psyched to go to Austin and all that. And then COVID came in and then, once we got through the initial shock of coming back home, I thought this could be the greatest thing for bands who are a little behind the eight ball right now, because what I see is a reset. And if you're not known or you're at a small level, like we are, it's time for you to really just sharpen your game on everything and use this time to play catch up. Cause it's like a race. And everybody's been sidelined right now while they clear the field. So you, it almost gives you an advantage for when things get. If you take advantage of this time, it, it give, puts you in a position where you're better off once everything goes back to normal. And, and, and that's, that's the way I look at it. Every day, I'm sending videos of our practice tapes to a producer and to the band members who weren't here. So everybody is in communication with what me and my brother are doing. And again, we're using the technology that's available, having a positive attitude and just building from here and basically, basically fighting harder to make everything better during this off time. And it keeps you positive. And then the quarantine doesn't even exist at that point. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a hundred percent correct. I think, well, you know, like, like we said a few times through this, you know, this is a really a good time to reach out to people. This is a time when people are more accessible than ever before. This is the time when, you know, you can send an email to someone and be like, Hey, I like your record label. Just wanted to say that. Hi, let's be friends. And they'll come and be friends. You know, like there's labels I've literally been following for years who I never like Eisenwald, like who I've never, who I've, they're my second favorite black metal label that doesn't pay me. And, um, <laughs> You know, because like prophecy kind of has to be my favorite. Um, follow, you know. Um, but uh, but the point being, um, 
Yeah, you know, people are accessible now. People are looking for human connections. I think you're totally right, Patrick. Um, I want to wrap this up now. I think we went a little bit over, but, you know, obviously this was also weird. Um, that being said, if you have not already DM'd me, it would really mean the world um, if all y'all signed up for the content marketing challenge we have coming up that's kind of based around coronavirus. It's, um, if you've, if you've done one of our challenges before, it's $48 for the standard tier, 90 for the higher tier. And then if you haven't done a challenge with us before it's 90 and 140, but it's 30 days in a Facebook group, super valuable. Um, I think the people who've done them in here before can attest that they've gotten a lot of value out of these challenges with like daily 15 minute tasks that kind of elevate your game. Um, so yeah, any final points, uh, Keith or Curtis? None for me. I've none except thanks everybody for being patient and coming back on and uh, just being here in general. Great questions. We're gonna do more of these. So yeah, and I am you, very grateful for the turnout. And if and like also like if you guys want to like hit me with feedback in the DMs with like how we can do this better and better times for you, you know, because we we're experimenting with different times. We want our Euro friends to get to join us. Um, the four of you who came, uh, five, um, I think. So, you know, so just keep us posted and we will see you very soon.